Welcome to CIBC Mellon Industry Perspectives, a podcast series that brings you developments in the Canadian securities industry and potential impacts facing CIBC Mellon clients and institutional investors active in the Canadian market. I'm Marianne McKenzie, Vice President Relationship Management at CIBC Mellon, and I'm pleased to be your moderator for a third episode in our series, Exploring the Future of Work. So we've gotten great feedback from clients as we've explored this topic. We got a lot of questions and comments on our white paper, our events, and of course, this podcast series. So big thank you to everyone who sends in comments, questions, and your own insights. As always, feel free to contact your RM if you want to join this discussion. So today we'll continue to explore fundamental questions with respect to where we work, when we work, and how we work. We'll pick up on some themes like real estate, about how important it is to listen to more voices, And I'm happy to bring you some of our own frontline employees who are working at the heart of this project. So please join me once again as we open our discussion to include more perspectives and share how CIBC Mellon itself continues to learn from our own employees about how we can make the future of work actually work. So today we're going to dig into an area where we continue to get questions from you about how CIBC Mellon is implementing our future ways of work and what we're doing that works well. This episode will feature comments from a number of our leaders, Rich Anton, our COO, the team at Irrational Capital, and from a number of the employees leading our future ways of work program at CIBC Mellon. So first I want to dig into something from our first episode, a clip from Dan Ariely of Duke University, a world-leading behavioral economist and co-founder of Irrational Capital. Dan presented at a client event we organized in 2021 to discuss the power and importance of human capital in driving financial outcomes. Let's hear Dan talk about motivation and the importance of seeking out all the voices. So let's listen. And the last thing that we we found in the COVID research we did um, was that people who don't talk much, their voices are even less pronounced. So imagine we sit 10 people around the table. Some people are big talkers. Some people don't talk that much. Some people talk very little, but you notice the people who don't talk. You notice that the people who don't talk and they have some pressure to voice their opinions. And if you think about group is about listening to all the voices, what happens when you don't listen to all the voices? And in digital communication, very easy not not to participate. Just think about your last big meeting and ask yourself how many people participated zero? Quite a lot. So all of those things are things that were always important. It was always important to listen to all voices for anything that has to do with creativity and moving forward. It was always important for people to feel appreciated. It was always important for people to have intrinsic motivation. Just the intensity has gone up and I suspect that given that the workplace will probably change and there'll be some hybrid model of working at home, working from the office, there'll be some more autonomy on the side of the employees, the the importance of these things will become higher. It's great hearing about Dan's research into human motivation. I find it so fascinating. So now let's turn to Rich Anton, our Chief Operations Officer. Rich, what are some of the opportunities that we're seeing here at CBC Mellon for our business, for our clients, and for our employees? So for example, what are the implications for CBC Mellon as we look outside our traditional Toronto employee base? 
So let me just highlight, Marianne, the numbers are very clear. Employees want at least partial remote going forward. And we see the value and power of giving it to them. In particular, this is an area that is also very near and dear to me. This is going to open up many geographic areas for us across Canada. The Canadian marketplace affords us an incredible level of talent that we are no longer focused and required to be only looking at areas where we have a physical office. We're also winning a lot of business outside of our core areas like Toronto. We're winning in Winnipeg, Atlantic Canada, Quebec, and Vancouver. And it now allows us to look at talent in some of those geographical sites. We're also looking at hiring a lot of new graduates. So we see an opportunity to expand our recruitment outside of the GTA, start working with schools and business groups in the regions where we operate. CIBC Mellon has always been about global expertise combined with the local footprint. And the pandemic remote environment has proven that we can use our proven model to lean further into this, put more people in the areas where our clients are growing with us. Not to put too much point on it, but it's powerful for Canada as well. A lot of investment industry leaders get their start at the frontline fund accountants before moving on, growing within our organization, moving to be industry leaders with our clients, or even starting their own fund companies. There are French communities across Canada we can tap into, gain access to new tech clusters, and so much more. If we can help communities across Canada to build and grow financial industry talent within their regions, and not just in and around Toronto, that's very powerful for the Canadian marketplace. So I'd like to introduce Derek Ranjit Singh. He's our VP of IT Transformation, but he's also the overall program lead for the CIBC Mellon Future Ways of Work project and its seven work streams. So Derek, we're here to talk about future ways of work. You've been very involved with this since the beginning. Can you describe it to us, the overall program? Sure. Future Ways of Work, uh, really, it's an enterprise program intended to shape or transform the future way of working at CIBC Mellon across four overarching themes. Those themes being people leadership and development, collaboration and flexible interactions, uh, workforce and resourcing model, and hybrid locations. Within each of these themes, there are seven individual work streams uh, that are led by senior leaders across CIBC Mellon and supported by a number of key employees across the organization who bring a significant level of thought leadership uh, to this uh, important program. So how do we know we're on the right path? As an organization, you know, we had established some flexibility for our employees historically, you know, but the day-to-day -day work activity itself continued to be executed on premise. So when we first approached this uh, initiative, we really thought of it in terms of further enhancing the remote work experience and bridging some of the gaps that we had identified. A few months into the program, we were actually challenged to think differently, to look at this as an opportunity to shape the organization for the future, eventually landing on three key areas of focus, where we work, when we work, how we work, and overarching all of this, ensuring that our employees themselves, current and future, had the necessary development and learning opportunities and skill sets that we would need going forward. 
So in addition to looking at the remote work environment, we expanded the program to identify opportunities to better engage with our employees and clients on multiple fronts, ensure that the leadership and employee training programs and training were in place with the skill sets needed for the future workforce, develop flexible work options such as compressed work weeks or part-time work, we're revisiting the office configuration to better support in-office interactions, such as collaborating with your colleagues, meeting with clients, or just finding some quiet space to focus, and determining how we could establish a more cross-Canada workforce to better support our employees and client deliverables. So Derek, this sounds like a really broad initiative. Um, what do you think success looks like, and what, what do you think it's dependent on? So there are two key ones that come to mind, you know, off the top. Um, one, we need to continue and maintain our client service levels uh, throughout all of this. Uh, the second is we have to continue um, to improve on our employee satisfaction scores. And of course, you know, we want to continue making CIBC in a great place to work um, by retaining and attracting talent to the organization and ensuring that we have that great culture um, as we go forward as an organization. So, Derek, you know, this sounds like a really broad initiative. Are there any lessons learned that our listeners should maybe consider? Definitely. You have to be flexible in your approach and willing to change course as new information presents itself. And we reserve the right to get smarter. The second key thing, listen to your employees. They have great ideas and they're open to sharing them with you. Derek, I really like that comment. Did we get any pushback from leadership to, you know, to roll this out and to take employees' opinions as we build out our future ways of work? It was very readily accepted. The senior leaders saw this as a great opportunity to engage directly with the organization in ways that they hadn't, uh, bring some transparency to what we're doing, and are looking at this as a future model for large programs of this uh, size and scope. So Derek, you talked a little bit about what, how employees feel, what employees are saying. Could you talk to us a little bit about the uh, Future Ways of Work Employee Advisory Committee and, and how it started? Sure. So we had been communicating about the program since around the late summer of 2020. And not long after I presented an overview of the program at an employee-wide town hall in February this year, I had a couple of employees that approached me about playing a role within the program. They want to be a part of shaping our future. So as with most programs of this size and scope, we had taken the typical top-down approach, starting with the senior leadership and trying to get the message out to our employee base. I learned very quickly in my conversation with these two employees that the approach simply wasn't effective. Our employees weren't getting the message, and more importantly, they had ideas of their own that we hadn't considered. The Employee Advisory Committee was born out of these two employee conversations, and we set about to establish a cross-organizational and highly engaged working team that could provide both their input into our thinking, help shape the outcome, help us some of the problems that we were grappling with, such as how to sustain our culture, and most importantly, act as a large network of change agents across the organization if and when needed. Of everything that we have accomplished on this program, this is the one outcome that I'm most proud of. Because at the end of the day, this change really is about and for our employees. So why not bring them along on the journey? So Derek, give me a couple of examples. You know, what are you working on? As employees return to the office, um, they will go into a 
what's called a neighborhood setup. So we're working through the design of the buildings and the floors to ensure that everyone has a seat when they come in and understand uh, what their role is. So Derek, how much flexibility are we going to allow employees? So we know from the Employee Advisory Committee and from our employee surveys that our employees are looking for flexibility. What we are trying to do and what we've been struggling with is just how much flexibility do we give them? We have met with all of the senior leaders. We understand their desire for their employees to be in the office. Um, and we think as we go forward, we will have the right blend of flexibility for the employees that meets their needs for managing uh, work and life and for the organization in terms of meeting its own deliverables, um, both for, from a, an employee engagement and a client perspective. At CNBC Mellon, we launched a Future Ways of Work Employee Advisory Committee. We really wanted to know what the employees thought. So I'd like to call on uh, the co-chairs of this uh, Employee Advisory Committee, Natalie Evans and Cornell Kanani. Please introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about the committee. Hi, Marianne. I'm Natalie Evans, Technology Incident Management Analyst um, and one of the co-leaders of the Employee Advisory Committee. Uh, got involved in this probably about a year ago, pretty early on in the uh, pandemic. Yeah, thank you for having us. I'm Cornell Kanani, as you said, and I'm a senior fund accountant at CIBC Mellon, and I've also been involved just as much as uh, Natalie, and it's been a great ride so far. So what exactly is the Future Ways of Work Employee Advisory Committee? So the Employee Advisory Committee is an employee-led committee formed to allow space for the Future Ways of Work strategic initiative to connect directly to employees and for those employees to provide their feedback and their insight um, on the initiative and directly to leadership and the initiative. So we essentially have about 80 participants or 80 employees meeting monthly. Um, and we regularly have representatives of the Future Ways of Work Strategic Initiative join to speak about the various work streams. And then we also have more general discussions with the group. That's a pretty good size group to speak to, given that we have more than 1,700 employees. How did you get participants? Or did you choose people? Did you just ask for volunteers? So we just sent out a mass email to the whole organization to ask if people wanted to join and participate in this committee. And we got an overwhelming response from everybody. And it was great because that's what we were looking for. And it's been really uh, supported by everyone throughout the organization. So. Um, the ball started rolling really quickly and we got a really big response. It was great. We also had a lot of support from leadership. So various department heads would mention the committee um, in their various team meetings. And then we had more people join as a result of that. Um, and that allowed us to touch on all different levels of employee in terms of like grade level, but also all different departments. So we have a very representative group. And how do you think it's working? Are you getting good feedback from the employees? Oh, definitely. So we're hosting these uh, committee meetings once a month for about an hour and a half, and we discuss a variety of different topics based on the different projects that are going on throughout the organization. And we take it to the employees, propose uh, some questions, propose the idea, and then we have a discussion. And it's very in-depth, and people get really into it, and they're not afraid to sh share their opinion because we've created this 
uh, very safe environment where people are able to share their honest thoughts and concerns about the different topics we're talking about. That's really great. So what are some of the key wins that you've seen? Honestly, I think the, the biggest win that we've had was speaking about our employee value proposition. It was one of the earliest wins we had, um, and we really got to, we, the employees really got a sense of making a difference, right? So we had uh, a representative from HR come in and speak about the EVP or employee value proposition, talking about the current state, and then we had a little discussion, employees shared their views, and we talked about what this should look like in the future of work. And then we had the representative actually come back with a new draft. Um, and it was pretty amazing uh, how few comments we had with that new draft. Everyone was extremely happy and, and felt like they were represented in the new, new copy. Yeah, I'm sure the employees really wanted their voices to be heard. But also, I'm sure there were some challenges. Can you talk about that? When we first started this, uh, uh, this initiative, there's a lot of uh, attendance what we were getting and now it's slowly I, we're getting the same people coming again and again to our meetings and we want a wide variety of different perspectives from across the organization we're still getting that but we would like more of that with more uh, individual contributors and managers and supervisors to come and share the topics and we've been trying to actively seek that through our conversations during the meetings and it's been very fruitful yeah, I think that managing such a large group virtually is something that's definitely new in this environment, especially or particularly for me. Um, and it, it's difficult to have the same same level of engagement while also maintaining that safe place and maintaining like a positive tone when you're interacting with a group of 80 people. Yeah, as people leaders, we've all had lots of discussions with our, our teams you know, during the whole uh, COVID period, but I think given them uh, a safe space, like you said, you know, a, a group of their peers to discuss, uh, you probably get a lot more feedback than a people leader would. Any, anything more to share on the employee experience or what they're telling you? I think people are really appreciating the fact that they're getting a first look at different initiatives and projects before they get implemented. And the fact that the leadership team and the organization is seeking their advice and comments, addressing their concerns before they get implemented, people really appreciate that. I also think that like mid-pandemic, we really had a great opportunity for employees to understand that other people are sharing the same concerns about whether it's returning back to work or you know the current environment. So there was a place where people to where people could share those views and say, hey, I'm not alone in this. You know, we're all going through this together. And CBC Mellon cares about what we think about that. That's really great. I think that's opened up a lot of good conversations with you guys and also between the employees themselves. So what are the employees saying about this? Are they feeling good about the fact that we're asking for their opinion? How are they reacting to this? So all the employees really appreciate their voices being heard before a project or a strategic initiative is being implemented. And it's a new way of looking at things because a lot of this will affect them in the future. And people want to see more of these kinds of groups within the organization. And we've heard that time and time again when we are sending out uh, post-meeting surveys. The survey responses have been progressively getting better. 
like more people are interested in being involved and more people want to recommend it to coworkers and more people are happy with the results. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think like 85 to 90% of the committee members want to come back or would recommend to other um, other coworkers and there's no one who would not want to come back. You know, I think it's critical that the, that they feel that their voices are being heard. Um, and you know, maybe you've hit on something here um, for us to learn going forward. You know, when there's something that directly affects our employees and their day-to-day -day work life, you know, we should be reaching out to them to see what they feel, see what they think, how will it work. So this is great that you're getting you're getting all these opinions, good and bad, um, for us to move forward with this initiative. So why do you guys feel the uh, response rate is improving? Are things changing within the committee? So I think the committee has definitely grown and that's a, a key piece, but also beyond that, we're at a point in the overall Future Ways of Work strategic initiative where employees are actually seeing the change, right? So before these were sort of conceptual ideas that were brought before the committee for their feedback, and now they're seeing you know, mass communications go out to all employees indicating that, hey, you know, we're talking about return to office or we're starting to move towards some of these initiatives that before were sort of um, more conceptual and, and less in practice. Yeah, so also just to add, when we were planning to start this committee, we also wanted to make sure we built that trust with the, the committee members and the employees. So after every meeting, then the very next meeting at the beginning, we'll try to tell them what we did after the last discussion we had, where we presented the ideas, where we took the notes, and what actions we took or the organization has taken to make sure their voices were heard. And that's really helped the committee members build that trust with us and feel safe to share their ideas because they know they'll be heard. Organizations are struggling to maintain their culture. You know, we've been home for almost two years, but as they move to different work uh, styles, hybrid or work from home, what are you seeing in the committee? What are you hearing from the employees? Our discussion on culture was actually quite interesting because we found that we almost needed an entire um, 90 minutes to find out what culture means to each of us because you know it does differ across teams but there is a general sort of unifying message of uh, CIBC Mellon being client focused, we're open, we're inclusive, we're involved in the community um, and part of our discussion was really uh, looking at what our culture will be like in the future and how we maintain and build our current culture. So we identified different actions that can be taken by employees, by the leadership team, all the suggestions to help build and maintain culture. So we're hearing a lot of chatter about the different personas, whether it's work in the office, hybrid, work from home. Cornell, can you touch a little bit about what that means and how people are reacting? For sure. So. The persona discussion was one of the first ones we had at the beginning of the year and it was very interesting to see what people thought and so we had a little bit of a survey going and asking people would you want to work from the office like we used to pre-covid or hybrid or working from home as we are right now and about 90 percent of the people said either hybrid or work from home and there was very small i think less than about five percent who said they would want to come into the office like we used to pre-COVID. And then based on that survey and the responses, 
we try to frame the conversation about what they would want to see and why would they, they want to come into the office. And it really like started rolling from there on the different types of discussions we had and how the organization started planning for the future. So do you think the Future Ways of Work program has been successful to date? The amount of like overwhelming positive responses we've had, not only from the committee members, but also from the overall organization, I think it definitely needs to exist and going forward as well to get to just bounce off ideas of the employees and see what they think before things get implemented or just to understand what they think about whatever the organization is working on. Yeah, I agree with Kunal. I mean, I think that we're in a really unique opportunity where there's a lot of change going on with the way, the how, the where we work. Um, and I'm really impressed that CIBC Mellon is making it a priority um, and, and focusing on the motivation of, of what to do with that, right? Like in this in this moment of change. And I think that a lot of employees are recognizing that what we're doing is different and that we're being given the opportunity to actually contribute or at least provide um, you know, our opinions on what's going on on a larger scale. So we're maintaining our focus on clients and on deliverables, but our employees are comfortable, they're appreciated, and they're generally happy with what they're seeing. This is all great feedback. I'm sure um, you know, you're sharing this with the, the broader Future Ways of Work committees because there's a lot they can learn from the employee voices. Yeah, we're regularly providing feedback to the uh, Future Ways of Work Strategic Initiative and also the leadership team, mainly through Derek. And they're learning from this and implementing some of the feedback into their projects. Thank you to Rich, Derek, Natalie, and Cornell for your time and for sharing your insights today. Thank you also to Bill Bamber at CIBC Wealth Solutions and to the entire team at Irrational Capital. Dan Ariely, David Van Adelsberg, and Scott Coulson for their participation at our client event this year, as well as their permission to play clips. For those looking to learn more about CIBC Mellon's Future Ways of Work program, about the CIBC Human Capital Index, or anything else we've discussed, please don't hesitate to call your relationship manager. So thanks again for joining us. We hope to have given you a lot of voices to consider as you define your own future way of work. Thanks for listening to CIBC Mellon Industry Perspectives. For more information, including CIBC Mellon's latest knowledge leadership on issues relevant to institutional investors active in Canada, please visit cibcmellon.com. <laughs>